A binge-worthy show about Jesus? The Chosen Season 3 is here. Come and see what the buzz is about. The Chosen explores the imperfect and messy relationships of real humans following Jesus. All Season 3 episodes are available now. Stream every episode for free. Plus, watch exclusive content like the After Show, only in the new Chosen app. Download the Chosen app on mobile and TV streaming devices. Visit BingeJesus.com to learn more. Welcome to Chris Allen's Audio Stories, written by him, read by him, and some written by others. Credit's given where it's due. Alright guys, it's time for another story. Yay! Um, this one written by me, of course. Um, if you want to submit a story, just send an email to AskTheAngryNinja at gmail.com or you can hit me up at Twitter at Cman2342. Um, this is a little suspenseful horror story I wrote. I hope you guys like it. And we'll talk about when I get done what I was thinking about when I decided to write this story. It's called The Forest by Chris Allen. Lizzie hides behind the tree and brush trying to control her breathing as she trembles in fear. She thinks, breathe slowly, be calm. It's not real. It can't be real. She hears footsteps crunching small sticks and brush coming from the campsite. She begins to pray, God, please forgive me, as she hears another step. Oh God, that is that one closer? She strains to listen for the next step. It is closer. She wills her body to stop moving and stops breathing. She listens for the next step, and it is closer still. She wonders if she starts running, if she can make it to the truck. One more step closer, she thinks, and then I run. She prepares herself to run for her life and wonders in how just a few, just a few short hours, how much her life has changed. Six hours before... Lizzie, Steve, Christy, and Bobby begin to unload their gear and camping supplies from their trucks. Steve bends over to pick up the crate of sonar gear. Lizzie, never missing a chance to mess with her husband, slaps him on the rear. She says, really? What if you made me drop this crate? Do you know how much it costs? Lizzie smiles says, worth it to get a piece of that. Christy shakes her head and says, will you two stop? We're here for serious research and don't have time for your newlywed games. Lizzie waits for Chrissy to turn around and sticks her tongue out at her. They finish loading up their gear and head to the campsite they had picked out. Bobby begins to set up the tents while everyone else sets up the gear. It takes several hours of work and Steve planting sensors in a half mile radius around the campsite. They are finally finished. Bobby, barely able to contain his excitement, says, I know this is the place. All of our research points to the spot being a population center for the Shoshone tribe. All we have to do now is prove it. Steve says, that is why we came out to the middle of nowhere in Yellowstone Park and paid for all these permits to run the ground penetrating sonar. One press of this button and we will be able to see everything beneath us for two, a two mile radius. Can I please get a countdown? They all count down together. 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, one, and Steve dramatically presses the button. A low, steady thumping was heard, and the screens begin to show what's beneath them. Bobby holds his breath as he watches, thinking about all the time going through historic maps of Yellowstone, ground reports where obsidian could have been quarried by the Shoshone tribe. He knows he is right, as the screen blinks with each pulse of sound, with every blink nothing shows, he begins to doubt. Then on screen, one spot appears, and Bobby's heart leaps into his throat. What is that? Steve says, let me take a look. He sits down and begins to work the keyboard, and the image becomes clear. A few more clicks, 
and there is now a 3D model of the object on the screen. Steve exclaims this appears to be an obsidian rectangle six feet long, three feet deep, and two feet across. I've never seen or heard of anything like that. Christy wonders where such a thing could have come from and how it was even made. She asks, how deep is it? Can we dig it up? Lizzie studies the data and replies, due to soil erosion around it, it's only three feet beneath the surface, but there's no way we could lift it. It has to be several hundred pounds. Bobby asks, is there anything else? I was so sure this was going to be a hotspot for artifacts and, well, just more than a stupid box. Steve studies the screen and shakes his head. Sorry, man, doesn't look like anything else is here. This should have been a prime spot for the Shoshin, but I don't see anything. Chrissy studies the screen. I know you're disappointed, but look at that thing. How did they even make it? Who made it? How old is it? Let's start digging. Chrissy walks to the trunks with the excavation gear. She looks back at the other and says, Can I get some help? The others look at her and shrug. Then they walk over and help. They go to the area indicated by the survey and begin to dig. It takes about an hour for the four of them to get to the rectangle and quickly dig around it, exposing the full length of the obsidian relic. Steve cleans off the top and notices strange markings carved into the top of the rectangle. Hey Bobby, can you translate this? Bobby studies the markings and says, I'm not sure, but I think it says, Banish from our land, may your spirit never escape, you will never hunt again. Lizzie laughs nervously. Didn't most tribes think of the afterlife as the happy hunting ground? Is this a coffin? Native Americans didn't use coffins. I don't like this. I think we should go. Christy looks over the top and examines the size and notices that the top is separate from the bottom. I think it opens. I must know what's inside. Come on, guys. Let's crack this safe. Bobby and Steve lean over and push the lid as hard as they can. It slides over slowly and Lizzie shines a flashlight inside the box. She is horrified as she sees the corpse of what appears to be a Shoshun brave. Native Americans didn't use coffins. Why is he in a coffin? She looks closer and with fear in her heart realizes that it doesn't look like a corpse at all. He hasn't decayed at all and it looks more like he is just asleep. She, sa she stares too scared to blink and notices his chest rise and fall like he's breathing. She screams he is alive and falls over her back as she tries to scramble away. The other three look at her and laugh. Chrissy says, this man has been dead for at least a hundred years. Don't be silly. I know this isn't what we were looking for, but don't let one dead body creep you out. Watch this. Christy leans over into the coffin and reaches for the tomahawk the brave is holding across his chest. The second her hand touches the weapon, the brave's eyes open and Christy screams in terror. He reaches up from the coffin and grabs her throat and crushes it in one motion. Her scream cuts off abruptly as she falls to the ground, clutching her throat, unable to breathe. Bobby lunges for the brave and Steve runs to Christy, but quickly realizes there's nothing to do as he looks at her panicked face and watches her die. He turns to Lizzie and screams, run, oh God, run. Lizzie needs no encouragement as she scrambles to her feet and runs as fast as she can. She makes it to the campsite where she hears both Bobby and Steve screaming in pain and both screams cut off as she hears two sickly sounding thuds hit the ground. She looks around and sees a large tree surrounded by brush on the edge of the campsite as she hears footsteps approaching. She quickly hides behind them trying not to make a noise. All these thoughts go through her head as she prepares to run for the truck. She leaps up and sprints towards the truck as fast as she can. 
She reaches the door, and as she opens it, she feels something slam into her back. She immediately falls to the ground, no longer able to feel her legs. That's where she thinks as she turns her head to look towards the campsite and sees the Shoshun Brave walking towards her, three fresh scalps hanging from his waist. She looks down and sees the blood pooling beneath her and wonders why she doesn't feel any pain. The Brave walks over to her and reaches behind her back. He roughly rips the tomahawk from her back and she just looks at him unable to feel anything. He says something as he makes a cut across her forehead and she finally begins to scream. He grabs her hair and yanks back as hard as he can and removes her scalp. She falls over in so much pain now knowing she's going to be dead in just a matter of minutes. She watches the brave tie her scalp to his waist and the last thought that she has is to wonder what hell they have leashed on the world. Alright guys, um, that's my story. Um, I was kind of thinking about Native American tribes and all the old, say, haunted Indian burial stories. And I wanted to do a new twist on that because I feel like the Indian burial stories have been done. And did a little bit of research and, you know, Indians didn't use coffins. And I was thinking, well, what, what could I do? What, what newness could I bring this? What twist could I add? And I got to think about old mummy stories. And I love a good old mummy story, the old mummy movie. And what if, say, the Indian, or Native Americans, um, had somebody that was cursed? What if what that was or What if they had their version of a mummy? And um, the Sojourn tribe actually quarried... Uh, obsidian and used for weapons and stuff for hunting bison like and they did that in Yellowstone uh, so I was like all right so it was something they have access to let's let's create a Native American mummy story uh, I like that concept I like that idea and and this is what came from that so I hope you all enjoyed the story and everybody have a uh, wonderful night <laughs>looking for something a little different from all the other comedy podcasts you listen to? Something that sounds like a 90s sitcom on TV, but it's not set in the 90s and it's not on TV? Popcorn for Dinner is an audio sitcom that was not recorded in front of a live studio audience, but it certainly sounds like it was. Thank God we worked that out. <laughs> the best sitcom right now isn't on TV. It's in your ears. Popcorn for Dinner, available wherever you get your podcasts.